grandma got run over by a reindeer walking on from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Mike and Scott, we believe. And you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. Yes, 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 it is that time of year, throw another log on the fire, Mm. another year comes to a close, but before that, it is time for the 2023 Herbal Shenanigans Christmas Spectacular, Mike, I am all all festive here, as festive as I can get, I got Christmas lights barely hanging on. I got some Amazon boxes strewn around. I got the records playing on the back. I got some stockings. I'm ready to go. How Christmassy are you feeling at the moment? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Usually every year we go into this Christmas one, I'm like, I haven't made it up there yet. I would Mm -hmm. say I am further along than most years. Okay. But, But as usual, I'm not at the finish line like you. You're staying there. At the line, just tapping your foot, like, where the hell's Burlu at? He's coming. He's coming. Yeah, I got to say that usually, like, I'm not quite there almost until we record this episode. It kind of feels like, okay, like we're recording it now. It's just about a week before Christmas. This will release just in time for people to enjoy while they're wrapping presents and and scrambling around to get last-minute stuff going on. But uh, as this year comes to a close, we we have a pretty great way to end it today with our annual christmas episode um i uh i i I will say one thing that is very effective when you have a three-year-old is now you have like an extra parent you have the santa the the threat of santa hovering over him Mm. Um, i mean i have busted out santa I'm going to call Santa if you don't eat those nuggets. I'm going to call Santa if you don't stop throwing things. I'm going to call Santa if you don't go in the potty. And it's doing a pretty good job. See, what you should have done realizing this is you should have informed him there's like many Christmases throughout the year and just be like, so that way he's acting up. Yo, you keep this up. You ain't getting May Christmas. I'm just telling you. That was one of my thoughts. Like, how long can I keep... Like, when Christmas is over, can I just start hitting him with Santa for the next Ooh. year? Like, is there, is there a pick time? Up the phone. Oh, oh, I got a text from Santa. He saw that. What, like, what are you doing? You, realistically, you when do you think it's okay for a parent to bust out the Santa threat? Like, what date of the year um, is it okay to start busting that guy out? Um, It's got to be, as I would say, October. Okay. Because that was the beginning of the full holiday season. Mm-hmm. Granted, as many people try to skip right to Christmas past Thanksgiving and sure. Halloween. But when you're getting in the, oh, this is coming up, you can kind of remind them, yeah, and you know what's right after that? It's Christmas. And uh, Santa kind of remember you dug a hole back in July. And so, uh, Right, I, right. I, I didn't want to bring this up, but like uh, he actually sent me a fax and you're down four naughty points and all you gotta be careful my friend 
<laughs> yeah, so so that mid October range, you could start busting him out. So I, you would you would think it's unacceptable to bust it out at like Fourth of July. That's just too too early to tell him Santa's watching. I mean, I'm down with it, but I don't think they'll be in the mindset of the yeah yeah whatever kind of <laughs> deals right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tried but, to threaten my dogs with uh -huh. Santa, but it's not really working. It's like Vader runs out into the woods. <laughs> I'm like, if you go on the road. Santa ain't bring you a bone. It's because he's, yeah, of course it's Vader because he's hungry and he's usually running out to the woods to find scraps. To feed now, him. I hope you put up on our Instagram the video I sent you proving that the 20 lick system worked. I don't know. I, don't, I think that was doctored for for fan approval. Uh, I, think, I think you were campaigning a little bit there. You're whitewashing that. So you're saying I spliced a second video where I had a fuller bowl. Correct. Most of the time, Correct. he's starving. Correct. Yes. That is, you know, I went online on the conspiracy theory sites, the uh, the Reddit. Alex Jones like. is uh, calling yep. me out. Yep. They're all over you, Mike. They are all over you. Um, yeah. So I got this uh, Santa app where I call call them, and you could like type in what. You want Santa to say, it could be like, I heard you did a great thing today, uh, you know, or, or I heard you didn't go potty. Like, and he is frightened of it. Oh, there goes one of my Christmas lights fell already. Um, <laughs> so I'll call him and it'll be like, oh, and he's like, no, no, no. So there is definitely a fear. In I don't know if that's good parenting or just horrific parenting, but it's parenting. I hope one of these days you screw up with the copy and paste and like Santa calls with like a grocery list. Mm -hmm. Oh, bread, <laughs> celery. <laughs> Don't forget the breadcrumbs. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So we're we're getting in the in the holiday season here. Now, if you never tune in for one of our Christmas episodes, we have had a lot of cool Christmas guests in the past. Just off the top of my head, we had the big man himself. We had Santa come on the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, which was pretty cool. We had um, the tree men from the documentary of these tree guys where they sell trees in New York City and grow them all year long. We have had um, a couple people from a Christmas story, a Christmas story museum. We had a reindeer farm. Um, Mike has competed in numerous, numerous events uh, in, in Christmas um lore Chris Olympics. yeah um anybody i'm missing mike i think that's that sums up a good amount of our christmas guests i pretty much think that's everybody uh i guess mike sicoli was in the game but he <laughs> yeah, lost yeah, so screw him you know, yeah, why yeah. talk about him um and this year's no different we have an awesome christmas guest which we'll get to um in a little bit in a little bit but we gotta we gotta ease into that a little bit mike so i thought a great way to start this might be to just start how are you feeling, Mike? How are you? Um, how's your competitive juices going, if you will? Uh, juice. I'm always juicy, baby. You know that. <laughs> I, do I, know I call you every once in a while, Scott. Just to let you know, juice is at 85 percent today. So yeah. if you got something, let's roll with it. Yeah, and hence the reason your gym almost kicked you out for smelling because they said you were just too juicy. Uh, yeah, and then there was that time you accidentally copied it into the app and. Junior's like, why is Santa juicy? I don't understand this. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? But, uh, Mike, I think it's time. We're going to get right into it. Um, you're going to be going on a Christmas quest. Okay. Ooh. This is where the music cues in. Okay. So, Mike, this year, um, I could only describe this game as 
Um, there is no definitive ending. Um, it okay. is all going to be a result of how you get through this game on how well you did. Okay, we'll determine Ooh. that at the end as we we kind of go along. Okay, so the name of this um, this game is called the Christmas Chronicles: A Yuletide Multiverse Adventure. Oh, okay. Here we go, Mike. Here we go. So strap in, get your get your Santa hat on, your knowledge cap, mm-hmm. if you will. Because it is right. time. All right. You, Mike Burlow, have received a mysterious package that has shown up on your porch. <clears throat> it's a small rectangular box that has a mysterious green and red glow to it. Ooh. As you approach the box, it grows in color and emits a very quiet jingling noise. The closer you get, the colors and noise amplify louder and brighter. As you get with inches of the box, even the sky is beginning to turn white, and the jingling sound is blaring. Mike, it is here you must make your first choice. Oh. Do you A, open the box, or B, turn around and walk away? I mean, it'd be kind of boring if I just walk away right yeah. <laughs> great game Berlu. Yep. there was a there bomb in there there it is the <laughs> you Christmas. got it <laughs> open that stuff up let's let's go for it man as you open the box a small watch appears it blinks repeatedly and forced itself onto your wrist oh as the watch lands on your hand you feel the most intense sense of christmas spirit surge through your body you scream primal sounds that resemble that of an abominable snowman Suddenly, your hand lurches forward and a small toy soldier appears out of your watch and projects a screen directly in front of you. Hello, Michael. We hope our device has found you well. We are in need of the best IT guy in all of the world. After looking through our databases and finding a lot of denials for help, we have landed on you. Somehow, last night, while checking over the final naughty and nice list, our computer system went down. The Christmas alarm sounded, and now everything is destroyed. Oh, no. Our software is so powerful that we are able to see every child in the world within one single night. Can you imagine the CPU power we possess? Mm. But something happened, Michael. The The outage seemed to open up some sort of Christmas multiverse. Christmas pop culture movies, Christmas lore, and traditions are all at risk of being changed forever. All of our Christmas secrets are in risk of being exposed and ruining Christmas for all the next generations. We need you to complete these missions and meet us at the North Pole as quick as possible. On your way, your watch will take you (laughs) to our Christmas threats. You need to close these popular Christmas timelines and keep them where they belong. However, there are grave consequences for your actions. Get the questions right and everything returns to normal. Get the questions wrong, and Christmas lore might be changed forever. Please help us, Mike. Keep Christmas pure. Don't ruin it forever. Do you accept this mission? You're the only man for the job. So, Mike, are you going to say, A, let's do it, or B, nah, I'm good. Screw Christmas. (laughs) Again, this will be a very quick game, and probably my wrist will explode if I say no. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's go on the adventure, Scotty. A. Okay, so Mike, we're going to be going through all different worlds and timelines. Picture the MCU meets Christmas, okay? Mm. You have to, as I stated before, get these questions right. Um, Otherwise, things happen. At the end of the game, 
we will see how bad you how great you saved Christmas. Everything's intact. Or what is damaged from Christmas forever and ever and ever. Okay. All right. Here we go. The first. Okay. You're engulfed in snow you're, and slid away. The snow blinds you. Your vision, you're cold. You spin and fly for what seems like hours. Finally, the snow squall you're in uh, takes you into a Rankin and Bass style landscape. Through the clouds, you see a red glow coming closer and closer. It's Rudolph. Mm. The eight reindeer land right in front of you. They're praising Rudolph for his guidance. They're accepting his differences. Finally, Rudolph fits in. He no longer He's no longer laughed at. However... Your watch suddenly goes off. Santa is about to look at Rudolph's nose to find a white powder coating his nostrils. Turns out, Rudolph's nose never glowed. He was wickedly addicted to cocaine, causing his nose to glow. Okay. Uh, Bright red. Exposing Rudolph will ruin this lore for children all around the world. Drugs are strictly forbidden by Santa and against the Christmas code. You must answer this question to keep Rudolph safe and for him to remain a childhood legend. Okay. Okay. If you get the answer correct, he stays in lore forever. If you get it wrong, Rudolph is exposed as a coke addict. Children are exposed to drug use from an early age. He is sent to animal rehab where he fails miserably. He is caught and must be put down by Santa himself. Wow. That's deep. So what are you, what are you feeling? You, you got whisked away into, a, into a, almost a reindeer topic, which is part of Christmas, as you know. Um, how are you feeling now that you've been, you've been swept away? Your watch is beeping, giving you clues. This is the first of a level that uh, you have no clue what's going to happen. I mean, I'm really digging this festive adventure. I'm not really sure who is in this timeline that's asking me these random questions that are going to screw up everything. Well, Mike, th- there has to be a way to get through these levels, as is part of the game. You know, we don't need to. There's no um, tang. No, I conquer. want the full story. Who is well, this person? Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe it evolves. Okay. All right, Mike. We might start off relatively more on the easy side here, but the question is. What profession does Rudolph's good friend Hermie want to pursue? What profession? Dentistry. That is correct, Mike. Rudolph is safe. He will still be the red-nosed reindeer. He might have a raging coke addict, but no one under the age or anybody that's been to the North Pole here will ever know the true secret of Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Hermie wanted to be a dentist in the land of misfits toys. Your watch beeps profusely. In comes the snow cloud. Whirling, turning, spinning, you are whisked away violently. You're dropped onto a hardwood floor. You hear banging, chatter, Christmas songs, the smell of hot cocoa. It's Santa's workshop, Mike. It's Santa's workshop. The elves are hard at work, boxing and bagging toys for Santa's journey. The excitement is amazing. Christmas is about to be as magic as always. Suddenly, your watch beeps with a headline that reads, After massive investigation, elves turn out to be little people and children enslaved to make toys for no pay. I went to China. Nice. (laughs) So, Mike, if correct, children receive toys for the rest of time and Christmas continues on forever. If incorrect, if this is exposed, children all over the world lose their belief in Santa's workshop Toy production is ceased forever, and Santa is arrested 
and sentenced to life in prison. Oh, man. Mike, in the movie Elf, who was originally supposed to be cast as Buddy the Elf? In the movie Elf, who was originally supposed to be cast as Buddy the Elf? Do I get choices in this? Or oh, no, you get no choices. No choices. Not on huh? this particular one. Nope. I think no. if you think about this and kind of piece it together, you might get this one. Hmm. It's odd on the line here. I know. Toy production ceased forever. Yeah. Mike. That's why I wish Santa would have gave me some choices in this matter. Um, uh, Santa's not in control of this game, pal. Hmm. The only hint I will give you, think about a guy that would probably play a pretty good kooky elf character. I'm going to go with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, he says. Mike, Jim Carrey is correct. Mm. The original script was apparently pitched to Jim Carrey several times, well before the movie was ever even in production, and he turned it down because he had kind of done the Grinch in that time, Mm. and he was kind of also going through like, I'm an artist. I'm not a comic. Like, he thought it was a little yeah. below him, if you will. But, Mike, you have saved two big parts of Christmas. You have saved Santa's workshop. You have saved the belief in reindeer. Um, this is probably going to get so much easier as the... Oh, I'm sure. The 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 thing goes, okay? Uh-oh. What? The snow once again rips into the picture. You're carried away to a far-off land. You're spinning... You land on a couch, okay? Ooh. In the room, there's a beautifully lit tree, presents under it. You look around and see families that appear from different periods of time, but all in the same house. You see them, but they cannot see you. They are gathered around on Christmas to watch a Christmas movie, Mike. A tradition Ooh. that goes with Christmas, right? Watching holiday movies is a big part of the Christmas tradition, okay? One family appears to be watching a Christmas carol. Another family is watching It's a Wonderful Life. And finally, another family is about to watch a Christmas story. Okay. Three Christmas classics. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm in. I'm in this nice, cozy house. Mm -hmm. Couch. Uh Your watch beeps repeatedly. Michael, do not let these Christmas classics be ruined forever. Oh, no. Each of these families is watching a classic movie, and a climactic moment is about to happen. You must get the question about these movies correct, or they may never become Christmas lore. In fact, they may go on to scar generations. Okay? So, you, based on your choices, that Christmas movie now ends or changes the way uh, this happened. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, Mike, we're going to start with the Christmas Carol. Okay? Okay. As you know, many, many, many renditions of a Christmas Carol have been done. Okay. Is if you can get this correct, it remains a holiday classic uh, for all to interpret and have their favorite versions for years to come. Incorrect in all versions where they are visiting Tiny Tim's grave, he is dead and his crutch is stolen from him. Ruin the movie for children for lifetime. Okay. So they don't go to where Scrooge turns. Tiny Tim is dead. Credits roll. Damn. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you five renditions of a Christmas carol. Okay. Okay. You need to put them 
in chronological order. Which Oof. one came out first? Which one uh, all the way to last? Okay. I'm going to give you the five first, and then we'll talk our way through it and see how you do. Okay. Number one is a Bugs Bunny Christmas Carol. Bugs Bunny's Christmas Carol. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two is Robert Zemeckis' A Christmas Carol starring Jim Carrey. Okay. The animated bit version with Jim Carrey. Okay. Number three is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mickey's Christmas Carol, favorite amongst the Brennan mm-hmm. House here. Yep. Number four is a Muppet Christmas Carol, one of the all time uh, best versions. And number five is Scrooge with Bill Murray. Okay. Bill number Murray. five gotcha. is Bill Murray. Okay. So just to review Bugs Bunny, mm-hmm. uh, the Jim Carrey version, Mickey's Christmas Carol, Muppet Christmas Carol, and Scrooge. Okay. All right. So how you want to go about putting them in order is up to you. As you want me to just say one and then you put it somewhere, that that's up to you. Or if you think you you kind of know the order, go with it. Okay, okay. Uh, let's put one the earliest as the Bugs Bunny one. Write that down. Okay. Okay. So. So the... left you have Mickey, Scrooge, Muppets, and Jim Carrey. We'll just call it Jim Carrey. Version. Okay, Jim Carrey one. Let's put that at five at the end. Okay. So you have one Bugs Bunny, five Jim Carrey. Now you have Mickey, Scrooge, and the Muppets to figure out. Okay. Let's do Mickey at two. And then sound to the Muppets. You have and... Scrooged with Bill yeah. Murray or the Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm going to do three Scrooge, four Muppets. Yeah, so okay, so just to say it out loud. you got Bugs Bunny, Mickey, mm-hmm. Scrooge, the Muppets, Jim Carrey. Yep. Okay. Number one. Number one, Mike, in nineteen seventy nine, Bugs Bunny's Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. Nailed it. Number one, nailed it. Okay. Uh-huh. Number two. Number two in nineteen eighty three. Mickey's Christmas Carol. All right. Nailed it. Number three. In 1988, Bill Murray starred in Scrooge. All right. Nailed it. Number four, in 1992, The Muppet Christmas Carol came out. Nailed it. And Mike, in 2009, Robert Zemeckis' A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey came out. Absolutely stunning work, Woo! Mike. The North, Pole, the North Pole is so proud of you right now. Tiny Tim lives on. He doesn't die in a tragic, yeah. horrific uh, scene. Okay. Sadly, after the movie, he went out to in the streets and got ran over. That, that's <laughs> in the sequel we don't that's talk about. That's the sequel. All right, Mike, you saved one classic Christmas movie. Can you save two more? Okay. Let's see if I can do it. You look at the next film, and on comes a Christmas story. My Ooh. one of my personal favorites, maybe my personal classic. Favorite. Yeah. Okay. The family is at the scene where Ralphie's playing with his BB gun. Mm-hmm. He shoots the gun and it ricochets into his eye. You're familiar with this scene, correct? Quite so. Okay. In the movie, he kind of wipes it off. It hits his glasses. However, if you get this question wrong, Ralphie literally shoots his eye out and horrifies kids for time for, <laughs> for time to come. I'm sorry. That's the most awesome <laughs> ending. I say D, none of the above. Next question. <laughs> Oh, I was having a good time writing this one. Um, yeah. All right. All right, Mike. Here we go. 
to save Ralphie from horrifying kids with a open skull wound on Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, running into his mother saying, I actually shot my eye out, erasing all the charm of the movie prior to that scene. Okay. What grade did Ralphie's school teacher give him on his theme about the Red Rider BB gun? If you remember, he handed in his theme, mm-hmm. expected. You know, he, he had a daydream, A plus, A plus, 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 plus on the board. What did he actually get? If I recall, as he looked at the grade and looked up at his uh, teacher laughing as the wicked witch, and then eventually his mom coming in as a gesture, he got a C plus. Mike, not only did you get the grade, you got the plus attached to it. I was going to give you, if you took the C, Mike, you just saved Ralphie from shooting his face <laughs> off, okay? Because you're not just getting the eye. There is all sorts of exit mm-hmm. wounds and oh yeah, <laughs> other battle scars. Like the movie on. goes into his surgeries yeah. and like every Christmas he's in a rocking chair in the corner and <laughs> he, he's, are you okay, man? You Don't bring up the bunny. Don't bring us the money. A Christmas story story would be a whole different uh, (laughs) ballgame. Mike, you are on fire. Okay, Mm. On fire. Which brings us to our third movie. One of my favorites would be on the Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. It's a Wonderful Life. It reminds me of my dad. He watched it every time we were young. I watched it recently. I still like to think about how it was shot back then. It's really wonderfully shot. Okay. Finally, the third screen comes on. It's a Wonderful Life Begins. We arrive at the scene where George Bailey leans over the rail to jump off the bridge and ponders jumping. (laughs) Your watch goes off. Mike, if you don't close this loop, George Bailey will jump and die. He will never realize it's a wonderful life. He will never go on a journey with Clarence. He just dies, making one of the most depressing movies of all time. Mr. Potter takes over the town. Mary becomes an old maid. The end. Mm. Mike, It's a Wonderful Life was made in 1946. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which of these four items was the most popular Christmas gift in 1946? Okay. Okay. Is it A, Monopoly, B, the Slinky, C, the Hula Hoop, or D, the Etch-A-Sketch? And that is Monopoly, Slinky, Hula Hoop, Etch-A-Sketch. Well, I'd like to start by saying thank God it's not a trivia question about the movie because I'm not even sure if I've ever seen the movie in my really? life. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, like, okay. I've seen scenes and all that, but I don't think I've sat down start to finish wow. the whole thing. I'm surprised. So. I'm surprised. You should watch it. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Maybe okay. next Christmas episode you yeah. can tell us. Sounds God, good. I watched It's a Wonderful Life and... Merlu, it's May. Why the yeah, hell are you tell me this? I was gonna say in the hundred degree weather in August, it just didn't, didn't. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Monopoly, Slinky, Hula Hoop, or Etch a Sketch? Again, nineteen forty six. Yeah. For those of you listening, Mike is actually <laughs> real. This is the most I've seen him think in this game. Yeah, this is the most I think, period. As the game has escalated and started to begin to sweat a little bit. Um yeah. Mike, you talk us through your thinking also if you yeah. don't have an answer yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was Monopoly. That that seems like it came out later or wouldn't have been popular in its inception. Okay. Um 
want to say hula hoops for later as well as like now I'm thinking it out. Okay. So I'm between Slinky and what? Etch a sketch. You know, Etch a sketch, right? Yeah. I, okay. I, oh, I, 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 I had one, damn it. Don't you question me <laughs> about etch a sketches, all right? etch a sketch. <laughs> don't, I mean, seriously, don't question me about it's a wonderful life because I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you ask me about that sketch, we're going to town right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So for the like, audience, you're between hula hoop and slinky. Is that what you're? No, slinky and etch a sketch is okay. the two. I'm okay. in between. If I had to really think of like something that would be like. So I'm going to go, wow, look at this and whatever. When it comes to 46, I don't think Slinkies would be the, oh, my God, kind of toy. So I'm going to take a gamble on saying Etch-A-Sketches were in 46. Uh, I'm not really sure, but that just thinking it out, out loud, that's the only thing I can come to common sense. I'm going with D, Etch-A-Sketch. All right, Mike. So you were correct. Monopoly... What I found fascinating came out in 1935. What? Monopoly was the oldest one in this list. Okay. Wow. The hula hoop, Mike, you were right, came out in 1950. Not far after 46, but it was the most mm -hmm. popular gift of 1950. Now, the Etch-A-Sketch was the most popular gift in 1960. Ah. The Slinky, right after World War II, blew people's minds ah. apart. In 1946, Mike, it might be okay for you because you've never seen the movie. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everybody's crying. You know? <laughs> Unfortunately, George Bailey never goes back to his family. He jumps off a bridge, and we have our first victim of uh, Burl Saves Christmas or Ruins Christmas, however you want this game to go. Okay. It's all right, Mike. I wouldn't let it. You're doing pretty damn good. You're doing pretty we still got good. two classics. So I'd be like, yeah. shut up. <laughs> yeah, all the critics that are killing you right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Yet again, the snowy squall brings you to an unknown place. Tumbling, fumbling, stumbling. You land in, in a bed. Also, this might be my favorite round of the game. Just Okay. You look around. It's a beautiful bed. There's a fire burning. Christmas decor strewn about. Mm. Soft music spinning from the record player. The smell of pine and spruce. Some warm milk and half-eaten cookies on the nightstand. Mm. You look at the clock. It's December 24th, 11 p.m. Mm. Suddenly, the bathroom door opens. An older lady with small glasses appears dressed in a satin red bustier with high white knee-high stockings. Oh, my God. It's Mrs. Claus. Ooh. She hops on the bed and straddles you and says, come on, baby, let me see your Yule log while the big man's at work. Your watch beeps immediately. Michael, Mrs. Claus is trying to cheat on Santa the one night of the year he's away. Don't do it, Michael. The world cannot know that Mrs. Claus is not Santa's right-hand gal. This will shatter the family of the North Pole possibly yeah. even ruin Christmas. Answer the question, Michael. Close this timeline. Do not fall for her seduction. Side note, if I had time, my contribution tonight would have been an erotic fan fiction of Santa 
oh. for the show. But okay, okay. But th- that if you had time leads me to believe yeah. you didn't you you didn't contribute. I'm no. no. <laughs> right. I'm not a giver. I mean, it's only Christmas. So Mike, sexy Mrs. Claus, you're straddled to. She's mm-hmm. on top. Of you ready to just jump those sweaty burlu bones? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the first appearance of Mrs. Claus in pop culture history is traced back to 1849 short story, A Christmas Legend. Um, It was published in the Yale Literary Magazine. It introduced the character of Mrs. Claus, portraying her as a plump and kind woman who plays a role in Christmas celebrations. Michael, we have a list of six inventions, okay? You have to name three things that were created before 1849, and you have to name three things that came after 1849. Get this right, Mrs. Claus remains the wholesome lady that children love. Get this wrong, and that's right, Mike, you sleep with Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. The family is exposed, shattering Christmas lore forever. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay, so Slinky, Monopoly, and the yeah, extra sketch are after. Got it. So here are the following inventions. I will name them first, okay? And then we'll go through each one, and you'll tell me before or after, okay? Gotcha. The first photography device, a.k.a. a camera. It wasn't quite a camera, okay? But it did take the first, like, photos, okay? Dynamite. Dynamite. The X-ray. Okay. The steam locomotive. The telegraph. And the telephone. Okay, so Mike, your pivot point is 1849. Okay, all right, these items come before or after. So I'm going to go just name one at a time. You tell me what you think. Okay, the first photography device, Mike, the first thing that was able to capture a picture. Uh, I am going to say before. Mike, first photography device was 1839. You are correct. All right. All right. Okay. Next, we're going to go dynamite. Dynamite. As you know, it's used to blow things up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like. I'm glad you informed me. Of that. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I got to keep the audience. Yeah. You know, as, as it's whole, like a spelling bee. You know, how, how would you use dynamite? Okay. You would blow things up. With as dynamite. the host, you got to keep the the guests. You know, yeah. informed. Yeah. Okay, dynamite. Dynamite. Uh, I feel like that's an after. Mike, well done. I thought that that was a. That was going to be one of the tough ones because was... your picture forever has been around, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 1867, dynamite was first invented. Okay. Okay. Mike, okay. you're two for six. You're 333. You're, you're 33% there. I was thinking baseball okay. terms. Three. Okay. The X. So I, I just got to get four out of six, you're saying? Nope. You got to get them all. Oh, I gotta get them all. Oh, you got to get them all. Don't, you're not, you're not, Mrs. Claus isn't getting off of you that easy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the X-ray. X-ray. Looking at them bones, Spike. Mm. As Mrs. Claus is eyeing up your bone. Yeah. After. Mike, that is correct. X-ray, 1895. Uh-huh. Close to 1900. Several years later. Mike, you're down to three. 
You get these three right. Mrs. Claus is not a ho, ho, ho. She is a wholesome woman. Okay. The steam locomotive. The steam locomotive. Two, two, baby. Two, two. All right. So I've I've had just to confirm so far. I've had two afters and one before. Correct. You have first photography device as your before. You have dynamite and X-ray as your afters. Can I hear the th last three? Of course you can. The steam locomotive, the telegraph, and the telephone. Okay. I'm going to say before for the, the uh, train. Mike, you are two steps away from saving Mrs. Claus from a just global embarrassment. The whole structure, the whole corporation of Christmas would fall. Okay? You are mm -hmm. right there. You have Two devices left, or two inventions, the telephone and the telegraph. Okay, so at this point, one came before, one came after. I'm going to say the telegraph before, the telephone after. Mike, the telegraph, 1837, the telephone by Alexander Graham Bell, 1876. You closed another timeline oh. in this multiverse. You could see there was different, I don't know what Marvel calls them, things spreading you close that line it is back mrs claus is safe so is santa for, for that for that matter mike well done you've only slipped once um yeah but i didn't on. watch the movie so yeah, again yeah, yeah no one I'm like my my christmas is great i don't know about you people no one wants your excuses no let's just carry on let's carry on everybody loves my excuses mike snow squall spinning transporting you blah 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 boom okay you're in a new location again you seem to be in the middle of a big corporation corporations board meeting okay on the presentation board in front of you is the words our 2023 christmas charitable donation plans Ooh. as you know mike charity is a huge part of the christmas season yeah. um it is kind of one of the Christmas traditions, right? People volunteer, keep people donate. Your watch beeps profusely. As you know, Mike, charity is a huge part of the Christmas season. Three of the biggest charities of every Christmas season happen to be St. Jude's, Toys for Tots, and the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Something on our timeline has gone terribly wrong. If you don't close these timelines, these charities will not receive donations. They will receive a terrible gift. Okay? Mm. Michael, you must get these right to keep the season of giving to the less fortunate alive. If you don't, disaster could ensue. Each charity... So, you're saying they're getting the worst thing, so all three charities are going to get my snow-melting machine. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, it might be slightly worse. It might be slightly <laughs> worse. Okay. Each charity is represented by a family feud style question, Mike. Oh, we have brought something back from Christmas past. Okay. You must get four of the answers that are on the board. Okay. All four right. Four common <laughs> answers. Okay. Um, or a disastrous donation is sent their way. Keep Christmas alive, Michael. Beep, beep, beep. Your, your watch goes off. Okay. I have this vision in my head of how this could be like, you know, a very involved movie, game, et cetera. Okay. Mm. St. Jude, okay, get it right, millions of dollars are donated to the cause. You know, a children's cancer hospital, mm. one of the best, apparently 100% of the proceeds go there. You get it wrong, Mike. 
Um, COVID nineteen is sent to said sent to St Jude's Hospital. Oh, um, that doesn't work well with cancer. No, no, sick no. kids uh, receiving COVID might no. not be the best answer. Mm. Okay, Mike, you got to get four that are on the board. Okay, and I will right. tell you how many are on the board of the survey. You know how Family Feud works. 100 yep. people were surveyed. Name a place that's open on Christmas Day. Name a place that is open on Christmas Day. Movie theater. Mike, eight people answered movie theater. Ding! That's one. Okay. Uh, Chinese restaurant. Um, I would take it. It's under the category of fast food, McDonald's. Mm. I, I, I consider that that's the, what they were trying to say is some kind of Chinese restaurant. The third most popular answer. 19 people said this. <clears throat> okay. Church. Oh, no. Church. Not part of the list, Mike. Okay. Not part of the list. The other ones were... Uh, Walmart or the grocery store? That was the most popular answer. The gas Walmart's station. not open on Christmas. I don't know. It says the grocery store or Walmart. Well, I guess people grocery shop store. I can uh, someone uh, understand. Gas station. Uh, someone said the Waffle House and Denny's, the airport, the hospital, and a hotel were the top mm. answers on the board. Mike, COVID nineteen has just been. No, I don't even get the three strikes. Like, oh dang. no, 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 no! You got to get four. There's no, you don't have any competition. It's just yeah. you. So you gotcha. have to get four. Uh, Mike, St. Jude's is going to be calling you possibly. Uh, uh, I didn't give him the COVID nineteen. <laughs> it's not like I walked in there and he's like, "I just came in from Florida, kid. He's come over and get a hug." <laughs> All right. Well, we got to go to our second charity. All right. Toys for Tots. Toys mm-hmm. for Tots. A great one. Right. You get it right. Millions of toys are sent to underprivileged kids all over the world. Okay. Yeah. Get it wrong. And millions of toys are sent to the wrong charity. Toys for thoughts. A thought is a woman who has had many sexual encounters. And boy, they will be receiving millions of toys. So all mm. your those toy donations are going to uh, women. Uh, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking Permiscuous. for? Promiscuous. Promiscuous yeah. women. Okay. So all what kids- Mrs. Claus attempted to be. Yes. If I didn't save it. So will it be Toys for Tots, Mike, or Toys for Thoughts? Okay. okay. Name a gift a kid does not want to open on Christmas morning. Name a gift a kid does not want to open on Christmas morning. There were six on here, uh, and I will guide you through one if you say it, because it, it did have several similarities. Okay. Underwear. Underwear, number one answer, 31 people. Mike, ding, on the board. On the board. Socks. Socks number two, 27 people answered socks. You're on a roll, okay. Uh, books, books, Mike on the board. Six people answered books. You need one more to save Toys for Tots and not go to Toys for Thoughts. What can be uh, pants? I will take it. It says sweater or clothing that would be there mike six people answer that you have saved the toys for tots charity no promiscuous women are getting millions of toys donated Mm. all throughout the world i mean we could do both i mean i'm a giving person (laughs) yeah well anything to promote segment at the end (laughs) (laughs) these poor ladies are sitting around christmas day they need your help (laughs) 
All right, Mike. Make a wish foundation. You're familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Kids who are sick, if you get it right, will be reunited with their idols all over the world. You know, whoever they want to spend maybe their last days, hopefully not, but you know, you get it wrong, Mike. <laughs> sick children all over the world who requested their idols will be visited by you on their last days on earth. You're welcome. So the kids who want to see John Cena, uh huh, they're seeing you walk through the door. John, like, me now. Here's here's local podcaster Mike Verlu, guys. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about the stage four, guys. It's Mike Verlu. Mm, yeah. It's Mike Verlu. Mike, here we go. There are seven things on this board. You need to get four of them. Name a Christmas Eve tradition for uh, for families. A common Christmas Eve tradition for families. Uh, cookies for Santa. Putting cookies out for Santa. Correct. Six people put that on the board. Uh, caroling. Oh, sorry, Mike. Caroling not really? on the board. I mean, maybe a hundred years ago that would be might have been more popular, but I don't know. Maybe people just don't carol anymore. Uh, <sighs> in the latest survey, opening a present was number one. Opening one present. Okay. Dinner at grandma's or dinner I would have taken. Okay. Going to church. Going to church. Reading a Bible story, seven people said. Looking uh, at Christmas. More people lights. do caroling than write a <laughs> Bible story. I looking call BS at, on that. Looking at Christmas lights or watching Christmas movies was the other one, Mike. So unfortunately, these poor kids at make no, they won. They won. <laughs> You're like, I didn't lose. I, I threw that one. Hey kids, you go to heaven, just remember I'm number one draft pick. <laughs> remember that. You tell the big guy what I did, let him know I'm coming. Mike, we are getting close to the end of your journey here. We're getting okay. close, okay? Watch beeps. Boop, 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 boop. Snow cyclone comes. Boom. Where are you? You feel a little bit of hay poking your back. Holy shit, you're in the manger. Ooh. In front of you is baby Jesus, Mike. Baby Jesus. Mm. Mike, you look over, you see animals, Mike. Animals. You could pet the donkey. Yeah. You know, yeah. Come here, boy. You probably give him a little voice, you know? Um, and then you look over and you see the three wise men. Boop, 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 boop. Your watch goes off. Your watch is going nuts. You read mm. the message. Michael, the stakes are getting bigger and bigger. And you are so close to closing these timelines. Take a look at the three wise men closely. They are not here with good intentions. Those gifts they are bringing are actually assassinationing attempts on sweet baby Jesus. My God. You must answer these questions to keep the lore of the gifts brought for Jesus. Otherwise, Jesus, Mike, will be poisoned and Christmas may never happen. My God, what's wrong <laughs> with these wise men? Woman's giving birth in a little shack with donkeys and you're trying to kill the baby? <laughs> the three secret wise men ready there to, to poison baby it's, it's a good plot in a movie it's a good plot it's an excellent movie but they still. infiltrated the manger you know like <laughs> all right as you know three gifts were given to jesus gold frankincense and myrrh mm-hmm. very simply mike you need to spell two out of three of these words correctly to keep jesus alive 
Otherwise, it's over for the big man. Okay. Mike, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Which word would you like to spell correctly first? Uh, gee, I don't know. Maybe gold. All right, Mike, spell gold, please. G-O-L-D, gold. That is correct. Gold is a precious metal symbolizing wealth and royalty. Um, the gift of gold to Jesus was interpreted as a, he was the king of kings. That's why he got that. Which leads us to our two <sighs> words that are left, Mike. Frankincense. Did I give him silver by any chance? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, while you're pondering, I'll just sum it up for people. Frankincense was a type of resin obtained from trees. It was an incense. It was a perfume. Okay. And myrrh was another resin with a rich, earthy fragrance often used in perfumes, incense, and embalming ointment. Okay. Mm. So um, it was... The gift of myrrh is symbolic of the mortal and sacrificial aspects of Jesus' life, foreshadowing his death. So, Mike, you got two shots to try to get this. You got to get two words spelled correctly. Which one would you like to attempt first? I guess I'll go with myrrh. All right. Myrrh. I'm going to just say M-U-R-R. Myrrh. M-U-R-R. I'm sorry, Mike. That is... M-Y-R-R-H. M-Y-R-R-H. That word is out. That is insanely hard word to spell. Yeah. All right, Mike. I think you have a chance at frankincense. A chance. If you get frankincense right, baby Jesus lives, inspires Christmas forever. Get frankincense wrong. Jesus never goes on uh-huh. to live. Yeah, you get people might want to start getting your Hanukkah candles ready on this one. <laughs> um, all right, Frank. This is really sweet because you have the blur on in your background, and people are just listening audio. Mm. And it's like blurring out part of your head, so it just looks like your head's popping out of a cloud as you're yeah. answering this question. Okay. Okay. Frankincense. F R A N K E N S E N C E. Frankincense. Mike. The king is dead. Ah. Uh, he had a good run. You were close. F- yeah, he had like a 2024, you know. 2024 year run. That's not bad. Well, that was after death. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Those are the retro years. Frankincense. F-R-A-N-K-I-N. And this is where I thought would screw you up. C-E-N-S-E. C-E-N. So, Mike, that was a big one to lose. Uh, Jesus is no more on Christmas. Uh, for the, the only thing, the only for thing you, you kids might... out there, uh, Jesus was the one that was born on this day for the celebration. Yeah. I, I just give you a background on that, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you might have an advantage because no one even thinks about Jesus. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Mike, here we go. The final timeline to close. <laughs> the snow squall enters as violently as ever. You're seeing lights everywhere. It's so intense that you could barely stand it. Your watch is sounding. This is it. This is it. Beep, boop, 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 beep, beep, boop, 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 um, Wish I had sound effects. That would be cool. Um, at this point, you made your impact on Christmas for better or worse. 
you've reached the final timeline. You land in a chair. Okay. You hear beep, 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 beep. Okay. Um, you land in a chair. You, you look up and you see a gaunt, bearded man in a hospital bed with a bread blanket on. It's Santa. He looks terrible. Oh, no. Gone are his rosy cheeks. His beard is unkempt. He's pale. Your watch peeps. Beep, 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 beep. Michael, this is the final one. Somehow, Santa is sick. Very sick. The only hope is for you to save him with a magical elixir. You must mix the ingredients and bring Santa back to life. If you don't, Santa will die, essentially ending Christmas. You must get three over-under questions right out of five. Okay. The three ingredients to save Santa. First ingredient is spruce. Second ingredient is hot chocolate. And the third ingredient is fentanyl. Mm. So you, you you need to get these three ingredients in order to save Santa Claus. No eggnog, I'm ashamed. <laughs> we it could have been a ten part over on her, but we are forty minutes into this game. I think we should uh... <laughs> <laughs> may want to continue. Yet. Mike over under. Here we go. Okay, it's been part of Christmas games in the past. Um, it's been part of some of my extravagant Halloween games. Okay. Mm. We are now here. Five questions. You must get three right to obtain the ingredients to save Santa. Okay. All right. What is the average lifespan of a reindeer? Okay. The number I'm giving you is 16 years. Over or under? I'm going to say over. Mike. You're not getting the spruce on this one. The the lifespan of a reindeer is apparently 12 to 15 years. Uh, Mike, the beeping on Santa's monitor seems to be getting louder. Mm. Jesus is already dead. Yeah. Will Santa go too? Christmas. We we got to go to Tommy DeVito, kids. That's the third stringer. Is Christmas officially gone? Gone. Okay. All right. Focus now. Focus. Now. Right. How many total gifts are there in the 12 days of Christmas? Total gifts in the 12 days of Christmas. I'm giving you a number of 66. 66. Think about this question before you give an answer. Think about it. As the days go on with the gifts. Mm-hmm. How many total gifts are in the 12 days of Christmas? I'm going to say over. Mike, over is correct. Mm-hmm. Over is correct. I think it's 78 is the answer. I had it written down before, but I can't find the paper. Um uh, 
66 was close, but it is over that because you've got to remember every day it's not two. You're getting that one every single time. You're getting that two every two turtle doves mm -hmm. every single time. Mike, you've acquired the spruce. You see a glimmer in Santa's eye. You know, he's he almost looked like he his eyes lit up. You know, still drooling, still kind of out of it, but yep, yep. some signs of life. Gotcha. Mike, the NCTA, I'm not sure what that stands for, National Committee of Something, reports that blank real Christmas trees are sold in the United States each year. Okay? So they're saying this is how many Christmas trees are sold in the United States each year. I'm going to give you the number of 15 million. 15 million Christmas trees sold in the United States. He's taking deep breaths. Yeah. I'm trying Mike, to think we, this. Mike, now. we got to talk through these answers. Yeah. So my thought, like 15 million seems small, but at the same time, a lot of people got the fake Christmas trees. Right. Right. So you're oh, saying, I'm, what are we, like 330 million population, something like that? We're like 350 some odd million, but that's okay. not like every household. It's not like a three year old's buying a real tree. Yeah. I mean, I'm, lots of the factor in here fake trees. People who get multiple trees, people who have, who knows? Who knows? 15 million is the number. Over. Mike, the NCTA reports that 34 million real Christmas trees are mm. sold in the United States each year. You are correct. All you right. Saw, you saw Santa's finger move. Mm. You saw it. Twitter. You achieved the hot cocoa. You mixed it with the spruce. There's something coming. Can you get the final ingredient? Mm. Fentanyl. Just. <laughs> I really need a nurse for that, but okay. Nah, it's just on, on the couch. Oh, it's just All on right. the shelf? Cool. All right. How many streams of Bing Crosby's White Christmas have been streamed on Spotify as of this morning? I checked this morning on this number. Okay. okay. I'm giving you the number of 216 million streams. Is it over or under that? Bing Crosby's White Christmas, pretty much known as the the best-selling Christmas album of all time. Yeah. And, and what's the number again? Uh, 216 million. 216 million. That's... That's a lot. But that's streaming. And that's Spotify, you said? That's on Spotify. Yep. <clears throat> like, the obvious answer would be over, but I'm so... And that's just like plays, right? That's not like downloads, streaming, right? Streaming from Spotify. So it's just, you know, it, it's in people's Christmas playlists, uh, you know. Think about every person, you know, every person playing like a playlist that has it yeah. on. That would be a stream. Hmm? Like if my mom knew the internet, that number would be way over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, didn't say how many streams have happened in uh, Emma the Burlu house. house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 214 million. What the heck? <laughs> uh, Tough one here. Yeah. Yeah. That's. 
Like, if I get this wrong, I still got one more after you this. One more chance? Yep, you got to get three yeah. out of five. I like the panic. That this yeah. this is where I know the game has gone pretty well because usually if I if I can get you to sweat a little bit, yeah, get you to like really close to, aka winning or coming close. Like I remember that floor game we made a couple episodes a while back where you had to climb. You were you were shook. You wanted to get to the top of the building so mm. bad. Yep. So, Mike, what do you got? I am going to say. Under. Mike, Bing Crosby's White Christmas has been streamed on Spotify as of this morning 442 million times. 442 million. It wouldn't be one of these verbal shenanigans games if it didn't come down to the absolute last question to see does my kill Santa... Kill Every Jesus. year we ask this. Kill George Bailey. Um, Mike, it's estimated that Americans purchase blank Christmas cards every year. Okay. And that number is one billion. It is estimated that Americans purchase Christmas cards, one billion Christmas cards every year. Is it over or under one billion? Santa. His thing is beeping, but there's a little glow about him. One cheek is red. One cheek is dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're two for four. You got to get this question right to save Santa Claus. I have no idea this answer, so sorry, children. My guess is over. Over. It is estimated that Americans purchase over 1.6 billion Christmas cards every year. Mike, your watch explodes and releases a green, red, and white lights. They emit a glow all over the room. Santa rises from the bed. He shakes your hand, and he disappears in a poof of smoke. You can no longer see. Suddenly, you awaken your bed. You're back home. The dogs are running around. Your wife's in the picture. You know, and everything's the same. Was this real? Confused. You see everything back to normal. You wonder if this was a dream, only to look under your bed and see a jingle bell rolling. Ooh. Yeah. And the holiday's now George Miss, because that, that's a dude who got born after Christ. Because I killed him by accident. Now, Mike, let's just review, okay, the permanent effects you had on Christmas, okay? Oh, all right. All right. So I want to go through this real quick. You were able to save Rudolph. He's perfectly fine. You saved Santa's elves. Okay, the workshop. Kids are still getting toys. They're happy about it. You saved a Christmas carol, okay? You saved a Christmas story. It's a Wonderful Life. Now, maybe the saddest movie of all time. It's a very Bailey. ironic that they kept the name, by the way. George Bailey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds wonderful. It's a Wonderful Life. What the hell? George Bailey helping everybody in town, um, always putting himself first, uh, but then just jumps off a bridge because things didn't go well in his life. 
Okay, well, that's one permanent damage. Okay, mm -hmm. you say the Christmas story, as we said. Okay, Mrs. Claus is not a hoe. <laughs> nope. Okay, nope. you saved um, the middle charity. You, yeah, you saved. You saved St. Jude's. St. Jude's. No, oh, no, toys for not, tots. You saved toys for tots. It's not yeah. going to hoes. toys and, for tots. And yeah. you saved. Santa Claus himself. There is a good chance Christmas is still alive. Mm -hmm. However, George Bailey jumps off a bridge. COVID-19 was sent to St. Jude's. Mm -hmm. Make-A-Wish is now just visited by you at the end. And maybe, Mike, your biggest your biggest loss here. You killed Jesus on Christmas. You killed him on the day he was born. So... Mike, in your opinion, did you save or ruin Christmas? Uh, I mean, like I said, I guess it would have a new name since Christ died the same day. But right. all in all, the the structure of it, yep. I think it's pretty good right now. Mike, I think you did a fantastic job. Um, I think it, you were like, if you save Jesus somehow, the other things... We, we, we would get through maybe not the COVID-19 thing, but, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so listeners, if you're listening to this comment, tell us what you think. Did Berlu save Christmas or did he straight up ruin Christmas forever? So, Mike, that is the Christmas multiverse, a Yuletide multiverse adventure you have been through. I, it was a pleasure to go through the journey. I thank everyone for allowing me to run this i think anybody else would have just screwed it up more so every christmas you should celebrate me <laughs> in honor of me in fact you should hang like pictures of me in your house and pretend that you're one of the make-a-wish kids that i visit every year here he goes he he's not changing from the new year guys so if you thought he was what? turning over a new leaf thinking that, so he, he basically killed jesus on purpose to get rid I of did. any competition in whoa, his whoa. god complex so with him gone now it's burlmas mike it's guest time um burlmas <laughs> no mike don't start don't start um we have an unbelievable Christmas-related guest. This it might be the mind. best Christmas special we've ever done um, between the content and here comes as Christmas-related as we could possibly get. Mike, who we got on the show? Uh, tonight we have Elmo Shropshire. Oh, Elmo. Tickle yeah, me Elmo, yeah. the hottest uh, Christmas-selling toy of that one year. Uh, you need more. I mean, I, I guess that name... You may not know. Maybe you probably know him from the duo Elmo and Patsy or Dr. Elmo. Hmm. But I guess we can name one song that he did somewhat known around this time of year. Uh, you may have heard of it. Uh, the song is called Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. One of the most popular songs, a song that's sold more than Thriller at some points throughout the years, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Elmo is coming on to tell us about the history of making that song and making all of our Christmas with a little chuckle from Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Let's get Dr. Elmo on the line. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Dr. Elmo. How's it going? Is this, is this Scott or Mike? 
I'm Mike, and that's Scott over there. Hello, Hi. How are you? Welcome to the podcast, sir. How are we doing today? Never better. How are you? We're doing awesome. We're doing awesome. So, obviously, with the Christmas season coming, you know why we're here to talk to you. We want to hear about Redneck Dracula, so go ahead. Oh my! <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a breath of fresh air for someone to mention another song. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, we were just—I was looking over your bio, and it—I loved the like the intro about your life. And can you tell us about this um, being an exercise boy for a? The T Kentucky Derby winning horse. The, what exactly is an exercise boy? Well, um, I used to ride horses. When we would break them to ride, uh, we, I used to break thoroughbreds to ride. Now, we didn't throw a saddle on them and have them go bucking off like crazy all over the place because they were too expensive. You know, not like you see in the rodeo. Mm -hmm. But uh, we would walk them around the barn for a while then put a little pad on their back and walk them for a few more days. Then maybe after a week and a half or so, we'd put a little saddle on them. Then another week would tighten up the girth, which would make them want to jump up and down a little bit. And that was sort of the process of breaking thoroughbreds. And then we'd get on them and uh, have somebody else walk around for a while until they got used to riders being on them. So, uh, in 19, maybe 53, Needles was born. And in 54, I started riding him. And uh, maybe in 54, 55. And then he went to the racetrack and I was no longer his exercise boy then. And he won the Kentucky Derby, uh, lost by a nose in the Preakness and won the Belmont. No, that's not shabby. That's not shabby. Mm. Now, like, you have like almost like these two separate lives that you live this this extreme fitness side of you but then this like wacky crazy music career i'm, I'm curious were you always always a musician like growing up along with, with being so interested in fitness and, and or did you music find you later in life what is your background musically i didn't have any background in music really i uh i started playing after i was a veterinarian uh, I worked on the racetrack in New York and Aqueduct and uh, Belmont Park and Saratoga. And then I went to San Francisco and had my own veterinary hospital there. I started playing the banjo just as a hobby because uh, a lot of people think the banjo playing has nothing to do with music. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and I couldn't sing either. And so I started singing you know, funny songs and writing some funny songs. And I was playing it uh, at the Hyatt Lake Tahoe, uh, playing bluegrass, trying to sing some funny songs. And and this, uh, this man came up to me and he said, I have a song that I think would be perfect for you. His name was Randy Brooks. And, uh, and he, I handed him my guitar and he sat down and sang, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And so I thought, yeah, that's that, that's a, a kind of a new concept at Christmas. Yeah. You know, Grandma getting throttled. 
out of curiosity now you did actually put out like a couple albums a few years earlier with elmo and patsy were they also comedy related or were you ever like okay i'm gonna be a serious and i'm gonna do a dramatic song up here or were you always playing around with your music well i pretty much you, you when patsy and i had an act she would sing ballads but i was not the ballad singer type no, I, if I wanted anyone to listen, I mean, they'd be laughing at me if I sang a ballad. You know, <laughs> you could imagine me singing My Way or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But um, so I sang all the funny songs and uh, the grandma song, you know, happened to catch people's attention. Now, when you fast forward all these years later, is it is it still shock you that this song that you wrote is something that's going to pop on? everybody's playlist on christmas eve it's gonna it's gonna be in the background like is it still mind-boggling to you how big that song actually got and still is remembered today absolutely <laughs> uh the first year it was played it was only played five or six times on the radio and then christmas was over and that was it and i thought well that was kind of fun while it lasted yeah. uh next year 1980 same thing 1981, some radio stations started taping it from one station to another, which is a pretty great thing then. You know, back in the day, people used to have to wine and dine and do whatever to get disc jockeys to play their songs. But a lot, of, but I think they had a lot of requests for this song, not because people liked it, because they were just curious why somebody would play a song where grandma gets throttled at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it kind of interesting how it talked about like you you made the song here on the radio you get some success but you've done a lot of fighting to like mm-hmm. keep it going and have the rights to it um kind of talk about like how you worked with like sony to record it again and kind of get it more in mass dis- distribution well um in 1980- maybe 1981 uh it was played all over the country i i originally only pressed 500 vinyl copies 45s and as soon as that as soon as they were all gone that i didn't have any more and so we weren't selling any in 1982 same thing happened it was getting airplay all over the country but we still didn't have any in 1983 I made a video of it. And back then, the video cost about $30,000. And that was when MTV was in its infancy. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to MP- MTV, and they started playing it. And there was a couple of people in Nashville, just a man and his wife, said, we'll press 250,000 copies and hope that we can sell them. Of course, if they couldn't, I had to keep them in their garage. But they sold them all. You know, just a just little family thing. And uh, at that point, when they sold all those copies and MPB started playing it, it went to number one on Billboard's Christmas chart. I think on December 23rd or 24th, it was number one over Bing Crosby's White Christmas. <laughs> so, so then after that, I sent out uh, letters to every radio station and radio, not radio station, but every record company. Back then, it was like, you know, 75 record companies. 
I think there's only three now. (laughs) But uh, whenever I'd send a letter out to one of these companies, say, I have a song here that seems to be getting a lot of radio play, and I think it's going to really do something good. And they would write on, they'd take my letter and write on it and say, stop sending me this crap, (laughs) and then send it back to me. But after it went to number one on Billboard's chart, Epic Records, which was the same, um, which was the same record company Michael Jackson was on, uh, they decided to, to take it and try and distribute it. So, in December of 1984, mind you, it was only one month, but uh, the grandma got run over by a reindeer single and album outsold Michael Jackson's Thriller that for that December. Yeah, so not shabby. Not shabby. Yeah. Not shabby. <laughs> now it's weird because I feel like Christmas music, like if if you if you can get that one hit, it's like uh, you know the Holy Grail because you're almost guaranteed this you know lifelong uh, uh, playing of of the music. But I, I'm curious, after you have this smash hit, is it like um, is it is like you have to chase the dragon and try to like I got to make another one? Like, is there this pressure on you to like? follow it up with another great single as a record company pushing you like what else do you got you know elmo what can you give to me or are you just like hey i made that one song and we're we're good here well um i've made uh i I have a a co-writer and the two of us wrote mo maybe another like 30 or 40 other christmas songs you know hoping for another one like it too, I would have been a superstar if I'd had two hits, yeah. but uh, it yeah. didn't quite happen. But a lot of people say that this was a kind of a career-stopping hit, and uh, it, it was pretty much everybody wants to hear this one. Although I have, I've sold. Uh, but one of the good things back then was if you could put, you know, nine or ten other new songs on the record with "Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer." then you could sell all the new ones and introduce them to the public as well. But um, at some point, you know, radio stations, you know, said, well, this is the one. We don't want to hear any other ones. Which maybe maybe they weren't that good anyway. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Now, when this is starting to roll... Uh, does this lead to like are you still a vet are you actually like going out and touring around christmas time or did like do you officially become a a singer songwriter or are you still like i got the money here but i'm still doing the vet thing Uh, i did the vet thing for a while and then at some point i started playing full time uh i was i played at a lot of lounges in uh reno in Las Vegas and Tahoe, uh, you know, just as uh, we were kind of a novelty lounge act because we were playing bluegrass. And Mm. we were probably the only bluegrass lounge act I know of. So I I did that for a while. And and of course now, you know, I'm only popular at uh, at Christmas, but that's that's enough. (laughs) I've always had this question. I I brought up with Mike before, like, what is it about Christmas music that as a society, we accept so much new Christmas music and we love it, but all the other holidays, we really have like one or two songs that say, like Halloween, it's like Purple Peep Eater, Monster Mash, and Thriller. There's 
we don't let any room for new song. But Christmas, <laughs> we're always looking for your new version of this. Someone covers this, and it just continues to to grow every year. What what is that? Well, the artist de jour, you might say, uh, always comes out with a new Christmas album right. every year. Like like any, uh, you know, somebody like Taylor Swift who would probably make it. It would make sense. She would sell millions of a Christmas album just because it's her. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of why everybody wants to put a Christmas album. They usually cover the same old ones. Yeah, yeah. So Dr. Elmo never thought about venturing into Halloween songs or a hit Thanksgiving. He actually song. did redneck fan, uh, Dracula, Scott. Redneck Dracula. I wasn't even that's joking. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I made a Halloween album, and that was also distributed by Sony. And they did a pretty good job on it. But Halloween is such a short, you know, mm. I guess just a short uh, time span. You know, Halloween's good for maybe one week, whereas Christmas you have pretty much three we- three or four weeks. Sure. Oh, yeah, even yeah, longer. After Halloween, yeah. Mm. Now, uh, in 2000, they did the cartoon for the song. I'm kind of curious. I know you were a part of it, but like... How did that come along? Did you have an idea? Did somebody come to you with an idea? Of what what transpired there? Uh, I had the idea. I thought it would be great to have some a Christmas cartoon, and I contacted a man named Fred Rappaport, who at the time was a an executive of CBS Television, and and I sort of wrote a little story, which was pretty much just the song of how this would happen. And uh, and he got together and he, you know, we kind of co-wrote things, you know, the story for the song. And then we all went to Canada and did the voiceover and he uh, and uh, he, he got the cartoon made and it came out, I think, in 2000. Yeah. Now, along with your music career, you have this uh, extremely athletic side of you um, that it is interesting on its own. Were you a kid that grew up playing tons of sports or was running kind of always your, your main thing? Uh, no, I didn't start running until I was about uh, maybe 56, 58 really? years old. Wow. Wow. Like, what was the original idea? Did you just felt like it or did a doctor say, figure out an exercise? What happened? The, the original idea was I met a girl who was a runner, and she invited me to go for a run. And so uh, I thought, yeah, that sounds like fun. She was kind of cute. So I thought, you know, even if even if the running doesn't turn out, maybe something else could happen. So, uh, so I went out and met her one day to run. And she said, well, I'm going to run 10 or 12 miles. And <laughs> I thought, wow. So... I thought, well, you know, it's, I, if I want to be with her, I better try and run. So I ran about a half a mile, and I was totally exhausted and had to turn around and go back. And I thought, she'll never invite me again. But, uh, but you know, a week or so later, she said, you want to go out and try it again? And I tried that, and just because I wanted to be with her, you know, in, in, more, in more than just running, uh, I kept trying. And eventually, I start. You know, I started getting high from running, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, you've gone on to win like 
U.S. national championships in your age division. Like, that, that's a pretty big jump from starting at 58 to all of a sudden being, like, a champion in things. So it really must have just taken over um, your life in some ways. Yes. Um, and when I was in my 60s, I uh, was pretty much a mid-to-back-of-the-pack runner. Uh, but I really loved running. I liked the camaraderie, and it makes you feel great. If you can ever get over the initial uh, shock of yeah. running and the shock mm -hmm. and boredom or whatever it could be, uh, you do get high from running. And the great thing about it is uh, there's no downside. You know, most everything else you get high from is always a downside. You always get low, too, yeah. but not with running. Now, you're number one ranked in your age class. Out of curiosity, like, how competitive is it and all? Do you have, like, friends when you go out for these competitions, or is it just all of you looking at each other like, I'm taking the top spot. Nobody's catching me. Uh, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of friendship and camaraderie. Actually, if you want to get good times, it's better to run with people and get people to run with you and push you to do it. Um. Like last year, I ran in the national championships, I think down in uh, Florida, and then they had another one in Kentucky. And the uh, the world record holder was going to be there. Uh, for the world record holder in the 85 to 89 division was going to be there. So I was a little nervous that I would have to compete against him. But as soon as we met each other, you know, we said... If we run together, we're going to have a great time, no matter who wins. So that was uh, that was a great time uh, to run with him. I mean, you've had such an interesting life in so many different avenues. I'm curious when you meet someone new, <laughs> and you're just talking about like, "Hey, what did you do? What do you do? do you introduce yourself as? I'm a runner. I'm a veterinarian." Or I uh, wrote this smash hit Christmas song that you might hear every year. Like, do people believe you at first? Or is it like, okay, no, seriously, I, I wrote this song. Oh, no, seriously, I in the world, you know, I hold a record right now. Like, the very interesting dynamic you li you've you lived. Um, I, I try not to, <laughs> I, I try not to come off as being arrogant about saying those things. But, um, uh, yesterday I played in a show, and it was a, it was quite a you know, group of it was a pickup band, but great players. And so I I asked the bass player, I said, "Do you know how to play?" Grandma got run over by a reindeer, and he said, uh, "He said I've heard it." <laughs> and I said, "Could we rehearse it from? We rehearse the intro. Would you mind?" He said, "Well, uh, okay, if you want." Because this guy was a, a fantastic player and kind of well known, um, so we rehearsed it, and he didn't seem to be too enthused. And then when it came time for me to get up and sing it, I got up, you know, and sang the grandma song. And I walked back, and he grabbed me and he said, "Oh my God, you're the guy!" <laughs> I can't believe I'm playing with the guy. Yeah. You're like, like he's like a Forrest Gump. He's got like no way you were involved in that. No way you were involved in that. Like, <laughs> like I the second you talked, you know, like one of the questions I kind of ready uh, prepping for this, I was going to ask, like, do you put it on a voice? Record? But clearly, 
this is your voice that I hear on Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Do if, when you're talking, do you ever get that moment where somebody's like staring at you? They're like, I know I've heard your voice before. I know it. I know you from somewhere, but I can't figure it out. Yeah, my wife was uh, having her taxes done in an accountant's office, and I went there with her, and just to stand around. And the accountant said, "I think I," he said, "That voice is familiar." And this this guy, you know, wouldn't think he'd have any idea who I am. But uh, anyway, he recognized my voice, and. Uh, um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of writers for newspapers, magazines, used to like to pan the grandma song a lot when you know when it came out. Mm-hmm. And some of them had some really interesting things to say about my voice. One of them said, "Well, it has a menacing hillbilly vibe to it," and another one said, "It sounds like Santa's got a, a light grip on his throat the whole time he's singing." So. That's kind of a fun thing. Now, all these years later, is there any times that you're you're sick of this song or sick of talking about it or you're at a party and they're like, oh, come on, Elmo, get on up and say, like, are you ever like, okay, like, like you get sick of people like us reaching out to you and being like, let's talk about this song or is it still like, hey, that, this is this is a wonderful thing to talk about? It's, it's still really fun. Yeah. Uh, when people recognize it, you know, they kind of, it's great to feel special, and they do recognize it. Once in a while, if I'm playing with my bluegrass band, and you know we're playing Foggy Mountain Breakdown or Rocky Top or something like that, then if somebody wants to hear Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, <laughs> they say, you know, the band doesn't necessarily appreciate it. They, they don't want to go back to that. But, uh, but one great thing is, is like when people don't hear it for nine months, it's brand new every year. And I mean, if I had, you know, if I had, let's say, recorded High Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree, it's kind of one and done, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. with a grandma, you know, I can be get my 15 minutes of fame every year. Elmo, <laughs> uh, it, it's really fun talking to somebody. It's not only like meeting somebody who did something famous, but like just learning your background and what you're doing now. I just love like people have like a full history of life and everything that you've done. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, If people want to know like where you might be performing or what you're doing, what are the best places for them to go to find out about you? Uh, We're playing at, we're playing at a concert at the um, Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey, oh, wow. on December nineteenth, <laughs> and it's really it'll be really be a great concert. It's pretty close. I think not not because of me, but I will be playing in the concert. Mm. Yeah, Scott's still up in Jersey, you know. Maybe he can yeah. swing around. Forty minutes from me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, one other question for you, just out of curiosity: How do you know when the Christmas season is coming? Out of curiosity. When does your wife start going, honey, they're starting to ask him to talk to you right now. Like, are we talking, do they go as far as August or do people think in December they could just grab you? Uh, they know they can't grab in December right now. <laughs> now most of the time I'm thinking probably uh, October 15th, sometime on there they're looking at that. 
Uh, Elmo, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you. We won many more years of grandma got ran over by a reindeer. It's an actual fact. My mom used to have these this radio system that was up to my neck high, and she would <laughs> blast music from Christmas music from Halloween till the week after New Year's, and I couldn't stand it. But I never care. I never had a problem when your song came on. So I just oh, want to so, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Many years of running and songwriting. We hope for years to come, my friend. Thank you so much, Mike, Scott. Thank you, Elmo. Thanks so much. And, and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Dr. Elmo. Dr. Elmo. Mike, where would you rank him among all the doctors we've had on the show? Um. Well, nobody can beat uh, Spider Goats, so that guy's number one. Okay. Right there. So you're uh, Dr. Elmo underneath that? I'll put him underneath that with a close third being uh, the body farm doctor. Okay. Okay. So you're insulting Dr. Elmo like that. Well, why you say that? He has to be number one? Well, at least on this episode, we have to be like, oh. he's the best doctor. You know? Oh, okay. All right. We'll cut it up. I mean, do your editing that you always say, even though I've heard episodes where you're like, edit cut and then just keeps going on with the oh, episode yeah, there, there's a bunch of those for sure mm-hmm. mm. uh but yeah what a what a that guy's a real life forrest gump dr elmo yeah he, he reminds me of the snake milker from a few years back yes yes are you gonna elaborate or just tell people no that? yeah yeah no. you're, you're just gonna say he reminds me of the when snake- i say something historical about this podcast everybody should go yeah mike i remember that yeah, and that yeah. it ends. I don't even care if this is your first episode. You so should know all the answers. The two listeners that we have that two, three listeners that we have Great. that tune in every week, mm-hmm. um, all the time for eternity now. The rest mm-hmm. of the new ones are just supposed to assume they know exactly what you're talking about. When, when I describe verbal shenanigans, I go, I'm not going to tell you. I expect a 50 page report on the history of the show, and then you may continue. Mm-hmm. So I would assume. They know about the snake milker. Well, you you did kill Jesus, so you you did kill Jesus. It's uh, it's but on the your snake milker still alive, so that's the most important thing. Well, Doctor Elmo, what an awesome guy! Um, really cool to have him on. So we're getting to the end of the Christmas episode, Mike, and uh, we started this last year. I mean, I did get you a great gift for your birthday. Um, it hasn't gone here yet, but we did get yeah. an update from our friend Tiffer Wright of <laughs> um, the newer version of your twerking Chewbacca. So the the print is going to be amazing. Um, it looks amazing. So that is not your Christmas present. So no. Last year, I got you a um, a Bucky's cup, I believe. That's correct. And, and night Nightmare on Elm Street socks. Freddy Krueger socks. That is correct. Do you, do you wear them at all? What which oh, yeah. which gifts are in use still? Both, both are still around. I I drink my cold drinks in my yep. Bucky's cup, and uh, I mean, I go to work with Nightmare on Elm Street socks. I don't care. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable. It's winter they're, time. They're long ones, so you would say they're they're good gifts. Then they're still yeah. being used. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I have my water melter, a snow melter. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
It hasn't moved out of the box. Uh, it's still sitting there. Well, number one, you told me it was a good hair dryer. You have used the hair dryer, according to you. I mean, the hair dryer is in the bathroom. I don't use a hair dryer personally. Mm. As like you, like, do you use a hair dryer with your lawn? Nah. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I just let it be. I said, nature. Let's find out what my hairstyle is today. Is that what you say in the mirror every morning? Like nature. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Funny story. Like I was in Sam's Club, and I was uh, the guy who's trying to sell like the bottles of water, the water service. He's like, "Oh, hey, bro." cool hairdo can i tell you something i'm like no because anybody who starts off like that he basically talked to me like a stripper might go oh you're it's good to see a cool guy enter the room kind of uh-huh. thing yeah so okay. i did not buy water from him okay. but i do appreciate saying cool hair well it is time for the verbal shenanigans gift exchange our new Ooh. tradition we've started here um to round out this episode Mike, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I'll give you the... the... I defer, like most NFL teams do when they All win right. the coin toss. All right, so if you look in the back of me, I, uh, behind me, I have two Amazon boxes, which I hope are yours. Um, there's been a lot of Amazon packages coming, so if I open up a kid's pirate ship... I, I it's still I mean it still might be from you so I, I'm not quite knowing sure. me who knows yeah all right so hold on I'm gonna get my uh, my first gift then Scott is currently turning his head and he's going around he has the festive lights that are falling down from his basement right now as I am now, filling this, time this is the one that made me nervous because there was a sticker on it that says for emergencies call and there's a number global response access code is on the other side intriguing um and it says lithium ion batteries in compliance with section two of p1966 mm. is this is this from you i'm assuming i uh, that from the ship two picture that they sent on amazon that is one item for me now now if i open this am i going to explode I mean, who like, would put up the podcast? Joke? Is that your joke? Like, haha! I finally won. I took over verbal shenanigans. I, I don't know how to put a podcast, so I can't kill you just yet. I can yeah. kill Jesus, but it's not gonna be you. funny when I'm dead. And you're like, yeah, I took over, but I can't upload all this content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. I just talked to a microphone for six hours. Honey, <laughs> my my wife is like, you know. No, he's hearing you. I'm like, in my head, they do. All right, I'm excited. It's the first president of the season I'm opening up. Okay. I got bubble wrap. Okay. okay. Got bubble wrap. Okay. I have a... Nope, there's no way this is... That is not me. <laughs> is it... <laughs> Scott, <laughs> you got a gift, I think, that... I'm guessing it's for your wife. I don't know. Yep, got, that's a gift for my wife. I got her okay. a kitchen scale. Um, mm. <laughs> okay. Luckily, his wife doesn't listen to the podcast, so it won't spoil the Christmas season. She has not listened since episode 50. So, yes, 400 episodes ago. Um, okay, well, we'll find the other one, but let me go back and get the other box. Do you want me to open mine since you're trying to find yours? Oh, he's getting the box, so we'll see. No, no. You told me I'm going first, so I'm all going right. First. So this one, yeah, you botched the kickoff. What can I tell you? 
Dude, now I have no idea where the other. Uh, now I got to look through a pile of Amazon boxes to figure out which ones. I really should have named it something else than Scott Brennan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We got to open this tape up. Mm. Open this tape up. Get in the middle. This is the one that says from UPS. So we'll see. It was a box that didn't look like. Um, Anything a typical Amazon from. gift. So let's see what you got me here, Mike. All right. All right. I'm opening the box up. It says. All right. I'm opening up. It is a Jurassic World dinosaur helmet. Yes. 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 Okay. You, okay. You talked about on the show plenty of times how you like to play with Shay and say, oh, beware the dinosaurs. We got to hide. The dinosaurs are coming. So I wanted to help you expand the game by bringing you a mask that somebody could wear that Shay can be like, oh, I know who the dinosaur is. So th this is like the equivalent to like the Chewbacca mask, kind of like the uh, the laughing Chewbacca mask. I believe right, so. Let me, let me try to put it on here. Let's see. Scott is putting it on. He's looking like a giant lizard ah. more than usual. Ah. Ah. Yeah, right. so now you can use that to play with your son. You don't have to just imagine a dinosaur is out there. Somebody could actually be putting on the mask and go, look, Shay, there's a dinosaur we have to hide. Oh, this is pretty cool. Like I might I might start to do the podcast in this, yeah. in this dinosaur mask. Like it it makes me feel a little bit more confident. I feel like I could hide behind mm. being a T-Rex. This is this is great. Like I feel like, do you see my jaw moving? I can't see out of it right now. It is moving. It's kind of moving to the sound of your voice. So yeah, it's kind of this, working. This is pretty sweet. I think my son will very much enjoy this. I mm. maybe I'll wake him up in the middle of the night with it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, that is a great gift. Um, awesome. He will certainly love that, Mike. It's your turn. Okay, let's see. I'm going to open this one. It seems more flexible, this mm -hmm. one. The dogs are really excited. They think I'm opening food of some sorts. Uh-huh. They might be excited about one gift, but we'll see. Which okay. It's uh, their brushes, and they're kind of yeah. like suction cup things. Let's uh -huh. see. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Lick, mat, slow feeder for training. Okay. Uh-huh. So in there is three separate licky pads mm -hmm. for dogs. Okay. Oh! So, so, so it's kind of smart that dogs are getting excited because there's three pads that you put on the ground and maybe you put like peanut butter on them. So they get three equal servings oh you know like so when you're okay. eating yogurt you could put three equal so instead of your one dog which you described last week who 
doesn't really get the same treats. He does, you know? too. You better put up the Instagram video yeah. of what I sent you. Now you have three separate licky pads for the dog. So you could put them on the floor, oh. and they could all go to town. All but right. That's actually I, a gift for your, uh, you know, your children, babies. if you will. Yeah, Leia and Vader are down here. I'm going to try it out tomorrow when I make my breakfast. I'm going to instead of waiting till I'm finished, maybe I'll do like a scoop each for all three dogs so. on the three licky pad. That's, there that's you go. Not a bad gift, right? Okay, that's, that's, yeah. Now we're making up for you claiming I starved my one dog, which I do not. Yes. Now, here's the problem. I have 412 Amazon boxes over here, and I have to uh. figure out which one is next. Okay, I think I have found the box. We had to go through a little picture thing, mm -hmm. um, which is funny because I have no clue what the one package that I thought was my <laughs> wife's present is. Um, but okay, I'm going to open this box now. All right, let's see. We get it right. Now, are you in the Christmas spirit? Because I opened that first present. I I was like, oh, my God, a present. Like, this feels pretty good. It's a pretty decent feeling, you know. Yeah. Like, no matter how much you're like, I'm not feeling it, that first present, you're just like, I'm back, baby. Yep. Yep, there's a little bit of excitement. Okay, what are we? It, is this it? And this. It's hard to figure it out from what you're holding it up as. Open it up. Open this up? Okay. Yeah. Because I don't know what this is, and, and I don't know if this is something my wife got, but let's see. <laughs> All right. It looks inflatable. It doesn't look like what it's supposed to be. It's like it could, but it could. Like Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I guess that's wrapping. It's not okay. Oh. There, there's a netty type of substance here. Mm -hmm. See, it's full story time, Scott. So if you recall, you were playing hide from the dinosaurs with wow. your child, right? When you came across a hive of bees or hornets or something to that oh effect. Oh my God! Is are so, these like foolproof like bug hats? They're they're beekeeper hats. There, Scott. Oh, hold so, on. Hold on. So not only do you get to play hide from the dinosaur, you can protect yourself from any future bee attacks. This is great. I am literally wearing the the bee the bee um the bees the bee hat, if you will. Um trying to keep my headphones on at the moment too, but oh my god, this is protection. Uh yeah. Yeah. Now you don't have to say we have to stop playing high from the dinosaur, Scott. If the bees attack, you can literally laugh in their face as you still go, we're still not coming out. You're not gonna catch us, dinosaurs. Wow, this is this is pretty great gift here. This is I got a dinosaur mask, which my kid will love, and I, I could wear this in public now. Yeah. To say I was once attacked by hornets and uh, no no longer will that happen to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the rest of my body, but at least my our faces are covered. Uh, they only go for the face, Scott. That's a well-known fact about bees. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, Mike. That is a great gift. Um, all right, it's your turn. And I believe there's also stickers in there for the kid to play with. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Please. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. There's stickers. There are bee stickers, which, 
he mm-hmm. either is going to be deathly afraid of, or now that we're like doing potty training, like we give yeah. him a sticker every night. So this there is big too. This is big. Either way, you use it to your advantage. You go, you go on your potty, or the bees are coming to get you. Oh, that, that's yeah. good potty training. That, that's reinforcement right there. No, you're like, wow. oh, did did Daddy? See you poopy pants? You know what that means. And then you just shake a hive in front of him <laughs> while you're wearing your hat. Yeah. Okay. Be careful when you flush. Here come the bees. <laughs> all right. Let's, all right. All right. Let's see here. Um. <laughs> I guess what I got to I have it looks like hamburger patties for God's sake. Okay, it might be hamburger patties or would you like me to read the description of what those are? Uh I guess you should or else I'm going to just eat them. <laughs> all right, all right. So what I just sent you okay was hold on, I'm bringing up I want to get the real description. That is an 80 pack an 80 pack of armpit sweat pads. Oh. <laughs> so, for those that are tuning in, Mike a couple weeks ago told us a story where he uh he got kicked out of the gym almost for being so smelly. Um mm-hmm. I thought this might alleviate the pain, you know, alleviate the pain and you could throw a couple of those on before you go work out and no one's going to smell you. Okay, do they just do they stick on or? It looks like you with... just kind of slap them right in the armpit. I don't know. I don't. I mean, we'll figure it out. No, I mean, maybe they're. Why don't you? Why don't you put two on real quick? Put put two All on. All right, let me. Open in this in case bowl. this last gift gets you a little sweaty. You know? Okay. Nice. All right. God dang! There's a lot of packaging for this. <laughs> but I'm it's an eighty pack. So if you do both armpits, that's 40 days of smelling good. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mike is opening the gift with his teeth. They kind of look like they're packaged like diapers. Uh, very they look like hamburger patties for a yeah. while. Hamburger okay. patties. All right. All right. So right, why don't you show one to the camera? Okay. It's like a little doily for the armpit. Yeah. It's like some of them seem yep. sticky. Let's see. <laughs> so I guess it's just there to absorb. Yeah, it's just like a more absorbent material. Yeah. Yep. Yep. See, the thing is, they don't have any sticky to it. So I'm not sure. Like, I got to keep exercising like this. So they, they dinosaur hands. They don't stick. They just kind of float in there. Yeah, they're just, like they're falling down as I'm opening up my pits. I, I don't know if it's supposed to be after the workout to like wipe up the sweat. I mean, that's very upsetting because I spent a lot of money in those armpit, um, or armpit things. But you know, you figure it out as you go to the gym. Maybe you wear a couple. Maybe you lend them to the. Maybe you lend them to the other people there. Be like, we don't want smell today. Um, trust me. I mean, it smells like it has like a nice little. Tiny baking soda smell okay. to them. So okay, okay, okay. Well, it was it was a very thoughtful gift. Okay, I, I think I might figure. So I think all right. So the back here uh-huh. has a pull off, right? So now 
Now it's gonna be. Now it's in there. All right. Oh, it's fixed. It. Now it's okay. Now I get it. Now I get it. So that's what happens. It's got a. Can you at least please wear two of those to a workout and report back to us how it went? All right, I'll give it a try. As I'm wearing the the beekeeper hat (laughs) at at the moment. Um, I I don't want to brag, but it's kind of working on you. And I'm not even joking. That's kind of working on you. I think you should go into work like that. You think I could pull this off, kind of like uh, Pharrell or like Kanye, one, one of those influencers? You know? Oh yeah. Like, you get pulled over and the cop starts looking at you, he'll eventually go, you know what? I ain't giving you a ticket. You seem cool for some reason. I like you. All right, Mike. Your final gift is in your uh, – I just messaged it to you. It's not at your house yet. It should be there on Tuesday, so a couple of days from now. Uh, here is your last gift. Still waiting for the picture? Okay. Well, it's not. I guess it's not there yet, but it's traveling through the information superhighway to get get there to you. Maybe you should have closed that timeline. Still. Still not there? Yeah. You sure you sent it? Yep. Right, let me try again. Yeah, even check know, my maybe, email. It's not going maybe, there. Maybe something weird's going on with your... You're messing still, and I'm still in a beekeeper's hat. Um, All right, I got it. I got it. Oh, look at that! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we got? Uh, we're getting a <laughs> T-shirt from Cooter's Garage <laughs> of Hazard County. If you're not aware, Cooter was the friend and local mechanic for the Duke Boys, and he actually has. He has a uh, museum slash uh, bar down in uh, Pigeon Forge, Georgia. Okay. That I uh, I saw his old place, and I know he moved over to Pigeon Forge, so I'll have to see the new place. So, yep. so I got him a shirt from the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, it's Cooter's Garage. It has like a – we'll post this too, but it has like a little uh, – uh, like a little tow mater truck that is going to tow the Duke boys out of all their – their 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 ventures um mm-hmm. mike also blew me away when we an upcoming interview he somehow found a way to compare um the people we're talking to to the dukes of hazard which was right on par with with, with mike burley we won't spoil who that is because it's coming out after this but uh it, it was so... it's president barack obama let's yeah. be frank scott it was it was so yeah. Well, Mike, uh, what what great Christmas gifts we give to each other. Another Robo Shenanigans um, Christmas Spectacular in the books. You killed mm. Jesus. You killed George Bailey. St. Jude's doesn't like you. And the Make-A-Wish Foundation is a little upset. But I am not. And upset. that was before the episode started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am not upset because that's another great Christmas episode in the books. Mike, anything to uh, promote before we go? I really don't have anything. I'll just like to say to our audience, thank you all for listening throughout the year. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, or if you're just finishing up, a Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you're just enjoy life, people. We thank you for the time. We love the show, and we're hoping you're enjoying our little silliness that we do here. Yeah. Um, 
I will say in the same sentiments, thank you for anyone who comments or likes or or says, like, I enjoyed the episode or you guys are nuts. Mike's putting it in an armpit pad right now. Uh, but um, with, with, uh, with the Christmas season coming, I will promote real quick. Um, we did it in the game kind of as a joke, but I will promote those three main charities, uh, uh, Toys for Tots, uh, St. Jude's, and... Um, Make-A-Wish Foundation, they apparently keep passing, like, the test, I forget which one it is, of where the donations go and, and being, like, a true charity that does do what they, they say they do. So if you have a couple extra bucks or um, you could share something those organizations are doing, so go go there, Toys for Tots, Make-A-Wish Foundation, and St. Jude's. Um, and that's it, guys. Another Christmas Spectacular in the books can't wait till next year's um we got some we got a real interesting thing coming up after this episode we're going to figure out how we want to put that out exactly but it's going to come out um it'll be either be our first episode in the new year or maybe we'll release it before that i don't know but thank you for all of everyone who supported us and and kept us going and made this show been pretty fun 10 years in the making so guys life is funny laugh at it Keep the wind and your back. Merry Christmas. And the gift that keeps on giving. Good night, ladies. 